Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fully Express Podcast. I'm here with a good friend and mentor, uh, my coach, Dr. Matt. Uh, I've been working with uh, Dr. Nat, uh, Dr. Matt personally for about a year now. Yeah. And uh, you have been in my, I guess, one degree out radius for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. You've worked with many people that are now friends and that I know well. Um, and every time your name comes up, it is with the highest regard mm. in whoever it is. So it's just a testament to who you are. Um, and uh, I guess we were just talking about labels. The what you do or, or the label that we're using for right now is um, coach, author, healer. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my experience, you really do embody all of those things mm-hmm. and, and much more. Um, so... To to get this question out of the way, because this one always always comes up, is is what is Doctor Matt uh, doing in the world right now? What mm-hmm. do you, what is your current mission, purpose? Yeah, how do you work with your clients? Yeah, awesome. So I think the biggest thing is kind of the why. You know that drives all the what. So the why for me is giving people a place to find their most powerful and natural expression. Oh. Man, <laughs> that's a rookie mistake. <laughs> airplane the phone, but didn't airplane the computer. Oops. All right, so um, let's let's dive into that one again, yeah. if that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I I guess the the answer to what am I doing is really driven by the why, and the why for me is helping the world kind of get its ass out of the sling that it's in. You know, kind of the. <laughs> How do we do this? Turn this Wi-Fi off, maybe? That's already on. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, no this is giving you a lot of consideration. Yeah, that's <laughs> off. A lot of consideration in the what, what you do. All right, that's all off. Cool. All right. What does Dr. Matt do in the world? Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the what for me is really driven by the why, and what I see as the biggest need right now is kind of helping humanity get itself out of the big tight spot that it's in. You know, I often say that we're we've kind of got our ass in the sling, and we need to figure out what we're going to do. And I feel like the biggest way that I can contribute to that is by helping figure people figure out kind of who they are, what mm-hmm. their gift is, how to excavate that, and give it away in the world. And that ends up showing up a lot in entrepreneurship uh, and helping people build businesses that make a difference. But also that entrepreneurial journey is so multifaceted and it really becomes the hero's journey. Mm. And that hero's journey requires that we do the full deep excavation. And Mm. at some point, if we're a conscious being, then it's going to come up against some weird, interesting, funny stuff. So, you know, the, the, what is coaching and writing Mm -hmm. and healing. I have a healing practice here in Encinitas, California. Um, I run retreats, um, and the, the kind of the larger what is real true evolutionary transformation. So the growing up process of how we evolve as humans, the waking up process of how we come into spiritual kind of uh, maturity and you know growth there, the cleaning up of how we do our healing and shadow work, and then the, the um, um, way that we show up in our kind of service in the world. So all four of those domains are really critically necessary from mm-hmm. the way that I see the evolutionary path. So that's what I've committed my work to. Do most people find your their way to this or to you through one of those four usually first? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it, it seems as though people start with the healing work because mm-hmm. that's the kind of the lowest barrier to entry with me. Um, so they end up you know, on a table or at a retreat and, you know, on a table at my office and doing some sort of excavation of what's happening inside of them, how they can break through a block or, mm-hmm. you know, heal from a situation. Um, and at some point they start to see the kind of the depth that they can go with some of the maps and models that we're using and, and the exploration that we're doing. And they see like, okay, there's really an opportunity for mm-hmm. some something new and different here. And I want to learn about that and find out more. Yeah. What are what are some of the like the overarching maps and models that you use and is prescribed to? Yeah, serving. Yeah. So in terms of the healing context, the tool that I've used the most is a system called Network Spinal, uh, developed by Donnie Epstein. I've been doing that work for, I guess, 
really about 12 years now and have worked through all the highest levels of his training, helped him design some of the higher level trainings. Um, and it's a really interesting neurologic based and energetic based system of helping you drop out of old long-term patterns of fight and flight and really kind of reset your system to a new level, a new standard, a new capability of what you're able to experience and feel and 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 it do in the world you mm. know what most people don't recognize is that most of the things that are holding them back most kind of personal development talks about the mind mm-hmm. mind is great we want to work with the mind and i mean you know you're yeah. you're the master of this that's so so much of that is below the surface of what's actually happening in the mind so we need strategies to get into the neurology get into the energetics so mm-hmm. network does that love that um, and then the other maps and models, I mean, all kinds of stuff in the entrepreneurship realm from a system by Roger James Hamilton called uh, Wealth Dynamics and another one called Wealth Spectrum, which has just been so useful for helping people identify where they are in the development of their business and then also what their magic is that they have to bring to the business and organization that they work in. I love that. Probably the biggest system that I have used for the past decade is a system called Integral Theory mm-hmm. by Ken Wilber, and it is the meta map and meta model for all other maps and models and we we can go down that rabbit hole if you want but it's a bit of a rabbit hole. it's a bit of a rabbit hole yeah <laughs> when i when i f- first picked up uh integral or the theory of everything i it was way too far mm-hmm. ahead year, a couple years ago uh from mike mm-hmm. and uh, i've since picked it back up since you recommended it and uh, it's there it's a it's everything yep. it's, it goes <laughs> <laughs> totally. it's it's more than one podcast episode yeah and i don't even know how many books he's put out on that it's uh, i think he's and got counting it. yeah i have close to 15 or 20 yeah. at this point mm-hmm. yeah and and we won't go into the nuts and bolts but what i'll just say about that system is i love it because it helps me feel like i can understand mm-hmm. absolutely anyone stand mm-hmm. in their shoes see the world from their perspective and then have a way to understand kind of what their motivations are, what helps them get excited about, you know, what's happening. And Mm -hmm. for me, if I have rapport with someone, if I can help kind of see the world from their eyes, anything is possible. Once there's rapport, Mm -hmm. we can make change, but without that, it's really hard. Yeah. I want to swing back to something you said at the beginning about the world and us, the human race being in a sling. Yeah. What is that sling mm-hmm. in your perspective? Yeah. Well, I mean, your listeners are smart. So, mm-hmm. you know, they know that right now there is more evolution, more speed of change, more just transformational impulse happening in life than probably ever before in history. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, there's more changing on a day-to-day basis. We're more interconnected. We're feeling more, seeing more, uh, exposed to more. So that alone is a massive kind of demand on the way people experience their life. Outside of that, huge climate change mm-hmm. that we have to figure out what the hell we're going to do is. We have uh, a technological explosion moving towards AI, moving towards a technological singularity, you know, things that we don't even know what that's going to do. Mm-hmm. And then we have all this social and cultural change that's happening on top of that. So mm-hmm. literally in every domain of life, we have so, so, so much happening. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of certainty right now in kind of how that's going to turn out (laughs) yeah so so the sling is like we're in a place we've never been before yeah the outcomes are yeah i don't want to be the the you know the negative guy but there's like there's something to pay attention to (laughs) yeah Um, and we got to figure out how we're going to manage that (laughs) the most nonchalant way of putting it there's something we should pay attention to (laughs) yeah oh yeah And, and what do you um what what, what do you think, I don't, know, I don't know if reason's the right word, but but why? Like, why are we, is this just what we do? As humans. Yeah. I think in a sense, you know, I, I think the one of the funny things about this moment is that we're at a period where the number of humans has created a, a big demand on the planet. So we, we're just more humans than we've ever been before. Mm-hmm. 
but also our technology has outpaced our sense making mm. and has outpaced our ethics. So the amount of destruction we can do with a single click, with a single push of the button, with a single, you know, uh, order from a general in the military is way outside of what we should have access to, given the amount of moral and ethical control on those types of um, decisions. Mm -hmm. So on top of that, we have, you know, a, a type of way of making sense of what's happening in the world that is actually not able to match what's uh, actually occurring. We're, there's way too much data for us to synthesize, and our minds don't actually receive that and make sense of it all that well. So a crisis in sense making, um, a crisis in kind of technological overcapability. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, here's all of us listening to a podcast, like trying to make our life better, just handling, you know, what's happening in our day to day in the mid middle ground. So there's so, so much and so many kind of considerations that I just think it's it's probably and, you know, like I said before, the hardest time in history to be alive. There's yeah. so much to manage. Yeah. And, and so what um, like what can people do? I mean, like you said, like I imagine people listening to the show are, are, are on their path yeah. or they're, they're on their journey. They have some level of awareness of what you're talking about. What what are the things that supported you support your clients in mm -hmm. of, of getting out of that? Yeah. Yeah. That loop. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's a couple things. And one of the the models that I like in integral, which, again, we won't have to go too deep into, but is like is the is the change I want to make with me. Is it with others or is it with systems? Mm. You know, so if I look at kind of what I'm gifted at and what I'm skillful at, is it really just being the brightest light? Is that my gift to give away? And that inspires and awakens and kind of uh, makes a shift for people around me. Or am I meant to go work with other people? Mm. Do I want to go and dig in and lead communities or um, really do healing or change work or go serve in foreign countries? Or do I want to look at systems like governance and the law and, um, you know, how corporate structures are done and making sure that they're not pulling out and extracting, uh, you know, resources in third world countries. Like there's all kinds of ways that we can make an impact. And I think in some respect, the best thing that we can do is figure out what we're awesome at. Mm -hmm. and just go do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in the the nature of kind of the personal development conversation that most of us are in. I think, you know, what you guys do at TCS at training camp for the soul is huge, huge, huge foundational work. And one of the reasons I'm so happy to support you guys, because that inner journey of coming out of the mind into the feelings and realize some of the scripts and processes that are running us. Like if you're not doing that, there's it's really hard to do a whole lot more because that stress that sits in the system if you don't have that skill set is it's too intense yeah that's a great way to, it's too intense yeah. it's so all of the decisions are to avoid the intensity until Absolutely. you figure that out 100 percent, 100 percent. and that's a, like a really useful distinction like even just a way to kind of check in like how many of my decisions are made from avoiding what's actually going on right now mm. you know is this beer is going out to watch a movie is me checking my phone like all those things for most people are just a way to distract an uncomfortable mm. feeling in the body mm -hmm. and you talked a little bit about um the work you do on the table with mm -hmm. with network spinal um i like i imagine most people listening have some level of awareness of mm -hmm. sensations in the body how um how i don't want to say like how deep does it really go <laughs> like what what you're doing there and like how many levels are like so many levels and every yeah. time i think i've reached the level there's so many more levels mm -hmm. i mean you know it, it, in a sense it's it's like how far can you see you know how how far can we go you know there's just always another layer of uh things that can be felt and noticed. And this is one of the, the main differences that I really look for in someone's personal development is like, in addition to the things that you can track in the mind and in the emotion, can you notice the sensation? Can you notice what that, that's actually doing in the body? And when we can start to learn and track those sensations, there is so much information there, the body just wanting to kind of point out some things that we've repressed, some mm -hmm. things that we haven't been clued into, past stored trauma, all kinds of stuff is just living in there waiting for mm -hmm. us to find it. Yeah. 
And so when you're working with um, either entrepreneurs, coaching, uh, people on the table and the healing, um, are you building like a mental file framework of this person and like their, their, their patterns and kind of putting pieces together? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that that's happening. Um, I sometimes describe it as like a heads up display, right? You know, like <laughs> I put my hands on someone, I start to get all this data, kind of who they are, what's happening in their life, what's happening in their body, you know, uh, what they're feeling, what they're not feeling, what they're missing completely. Mm. And, the the interesting thing from all of that so we have you know uh, what's happening in this person's life how do they receive data how do i want to talk to them mm. what's valuable and important to them mm. am i noticing things that they actually just don't care about so mm. you know talking about that would be irrelevant to them how do we bring their attention to the thing that's actually most important so yes you've got all the data you've got a theory of mind of that you kind of have to start to develop for who this person is um, and then you get to bring that kind of one question to them mm. or you know pay attention to this one thing and my i would say probably the the biggest demand of my work is like finding that one thing that would be the most powerful, potent, important, relevant question for that moment sure. to help them take that next step into who they've got to be. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super yeah. Fun. You, you do it with ease too. <laughs> so 20,000 sessions working with people, yeah. you know, more at this point, but yeah, I mean, you, you put your hands on that many people and it, yeah. that's, that's what happens. Yeah. Um, are in, in, in that much experience, hands on people, observing people, patterns, is, is everyone relatively the same? I would say that there's some main themes. Um, you know, one of the systems I know you guys work in with in TCS is, um, the five personality patterns. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really useful system, mm -hmm. you know, and, and those five patterns show up for everyone. Mm -hmm. So recognizing kind of what that does in the body. Um, at some level, the similarities are everyone's core drives are the same. You mm -hmm. know, they want love, connection, success. They want to feel embodied. They want to feel capable and powerful. Um, so a lot of that is there. And then the more specific you get, the more variety and range there is. Mm. And then you add in trauma patterns mm -hmm. and, you know, all kinds of other mechanisms. There's a lot of variety, um, but I really feel like if you can see the core nature of who someone is, it's really easy to relate to them and you can really identify kind of like what they're looking for. Yeah. 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 Um, and when people are on your table mm -hmm. um, and I, obviously there'll be a, w a wide range but do they need to understand at a like a thinking level like what you're talking about right now or can they have the experience without even like tracking any of what we're talking about I I'm gonna say this and it's half funny and, and, <laughs> and half like true I hope they don't know any of that uh. you know because we are so habitually addicted to thinking about what's going on mm -hmm. and it takes a real skill set to to put all that thinking aside with mm -hmm. intention and actually just feel what's happening in the moment mm -hmm. you know like what oh there was a subtle really kind of quiet emotion that just kind of showed up in my solar plexus or oh my chest just got tight after you know this thing happened what was that mm -hmm. that stuff is way more valuable yeah. to me than actually knowing the why which is what people get obsessed about <laughs> and and then like having some sort of theory about it like that just yeah. distracts you from what actually so much change. distraction yeah yeah is that do you <laughs> is that part of the mind's role in some way in is to play a distraction? It, something? It's part of how the ego co-ops the mind to protect. Mm, so it's a yeah. protection mechanism, right? And then add on top of that, that our culture is a cognitive dominant culture. Mm. So we're taught how to not feel and how to think. Mm -hmm. The challenge is that, and this I would say is m almost universal for most people that I see and, and work with in the healing space, is what tends to happen when there's a block or a pattern or something that's not moving is they have a, an emotion with a lot of thought wrapped around it. Mm -hmm. So they're just navigating all this thought and trying to figure out the what, the why, what's going on. You know, why don't I have bad self-esteem? Why can't I just ask for what I, why can't I make a boundary? Whatever it is. But below that, it there's like two words, I'm afraid, mm -hmm. you know, or three words like 
I feel sad. If we can just get down to the authentic feeling of those emotions, so much typically unravels. Mm. And is it just the, um, like the, f- uh, is there a fear of just acknowledging down to that simple thing? Is there a fear of like experiencing whatever that thing is that's under the surface? Is that the reason why we yeah, dance around it? Exactly. So the mind insulates it, yeah. right? Like if, if you can think about all these patterns and reasons and all this stuff, you can project the experience of it out into the world around you, then it insulates you from having the experience. And, you know, the, the emotion usually got stuck in there in a moment we were terrified or overwhelmed in some way, and it carries a signature of that. So there's a lot of times where people start to have the sense of, oh, my God, there's emotion in there, mm-hmm. and they turn away immediately because there's some part of them that says, if I feel this, I'm going to die. Yeah. You know, and this is this funny thing about healing, especially when it's deep stuff, is there's an ego death that may happen, and it feels terrifying. And our <laughs> neurology doesn't really know the difference between that ego death and what would be a literal death. Yeah. And I would say 99.99, you know, almost infinity <laughs> level yeah. percent of the time, it's really not that scary or not yeah. that, not that mm-hmm. dangerous. Yeah, but it still plays tricks on us and for convinces sure. us for sure. Yeah. We were just talking about that the other day with Amen. me. Yeah. It's like afraid to dive into this next iteration, mm-hmm. this next transformation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have the same thing, you know, like it's a shocking to me with the amount of work that people like you and I have both done that still it feels like it's going to be too much. Yeah. I was saying to my friend Kedrick the, es- mm-hmm. the other day, who you know, uh, wouldn't it be great if we could just schedule our ego death? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like Wednesday through, Put it on through the calendar. Monday, I'm just going to order pizza and <laughs> sit in bed and just die some. And then by Tuesday, she'll be back in the game. We'll be good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> schedule all my bookings <laughs> yeah. and we'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That would be lovely. That would be great. <laughs> that would be, be lovely. <laughs> yeah. And and we we try to in in some ways like we schedule the retreat we mm-hmm. we go down to the jungle we do the thing and and yet it's the it's the moments and the days and the years after that where it really unravels yeah yeah, yeah. and this is one thing that I wish sometimes wasn't true but healing has its own rhythm mm-hmm. you know it's going to unfold at its pace and the more presence and care we can give to it the more that process will naturally move along. But sometimes healing can't show up until there's the right confluence of circumstances. Sometimes we need to be around the right person Mm. to get that right trigger, or we need to be in the right environment that reminds us of that time when dad did that thing or, Mm. you know, whatever it is. So life has this funny way of just presenting the healing in its own process Mm. and surrendering to that rhythm. I think is really important. Do you, uh, do you imagine that, like for all of us, those opportunities are always there for us and we're just ready to see them and take them at certain points? Absolutely. Yeah, I think the window for healing, transformation, growth, evolution is always open. Mm. It's always there. It's really a matter of can we catch it? Can we see it? Can we feel it? Can we know that it's happening? And also, is that what we want to choose in this moment? Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it's it's okay to not always be healing. It's yeah. okay to not always be growing. I, I think a lot of us in the personal development space actually have a growth toxicity. Mm. You know, we're doing too much growth. And I really look at the growth process in three steps. So we have the moment of growth, the growth as it's actually occurring, then stabilization, and then integration. Mm. And if we're not doing those other three steps, nothing other two steps, nothing actually changes. Yeah, We need to really notice that and, and have a conscious choice of, mm. okay, yeah, the, the, the window of evolution is open, and I'm going to kind of just chill out and do my chill thing out right a now. Bit, yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the metaphorical, I'm going to sit on the couch. Yeah. yeah I'm just gonna and watch this e- Netflix show. Not even like metaphorical, bro. Like yeah. <laughs> we just get at some Netflix right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the most interesting podcast where we just put on a Netflix show. And <laughs> totally. <laughs> listen to the reactions. <laughs> It used to be like a really funny show that they used to watch movies and they oh, would commentate yeah. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Totally. Shout out, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had a very insightful question until I went down that <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> I forgot completely what it was. This is this is why I love the nature of the show. <laughs> um, yeah, and I really did forget it. <laughs> um, 
What were we talking about? It's the the rhythm and the oh, process yeah. of healing as it happens in the moment. Yeah. And um, is there uh, is there anything that oh um, the question I, d- I did want to ask because sometimes I speak about them uh, interchangeably. You talked about stabilization and integration. Mm-hmm. Can you explain those two? Totally. So the we've had this big moment of growth, this big breakthrough, mm-hmm. right? We kind of realize that. I'm going to take on this new part of my identity or, you know, like I really am a powerful creator. Let's use Mm -hmm. that as the example. Okay, cool. So stabilization is, is that true tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Is that true in a week? Is that true in a month? Can you hang on to that realization? Mm -hmm. Or did you have the big sexy breakthrough? Mm -hmm. And then in two weeks, like 90% of people, you can't hang on to it. Mm -hmm. So the stabilization is, is will that identity or, you know, whatever shift it is, remain durable Mm -hmm. and then the integration is to me in this definition is how does that change with the rest of my life so if i am a powerful creator is my new awareness how does that change me professionally how does that change me around my Mm -hmm. family how does that change around my health habits Mm -hmm. you know like all of these things are considerations where that may apply so the integration is how does the rest of my life now up level Mm, and how do we make that sustainable and durable so then it really is a true change mm-hmm. and the people start to think like this is too much thinking about the change process but i just i promise you <laughs> after seeing so many people yeah. in the yo-yo yeah like it's so important to yeah. be able to get to that place where your life can handle you yeah because you change so much you you break your friendships mm-hmm. you break your job right like you break all these things and if the answer to that is to keep growing you're just going to keep breaking stuff and you can't hang on to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just think it's really important to recognize that we want to get everything back to that place of stabilized and integrated and then go grow again. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about the, the yo-yo. It's something I, I observe a lot. Mm-hmm. Is is that simply the lack of stabilization integration? Is that just what we're seeing is just growth contract? Yeah, I, I, th- I really think so. And and that's going to happen to anyone mm-hmm. because they you need like certain awarenesses about the change that has happened and you don't know how that's going to impact other areas of your life. So sometimes you have this big breakthrough about being a powerful creator and you're like, oh man, if I'm going to own that, that has some serious consequences and I actually just don't have the energy to own that. Mm. So mm-hmm. I've got to find ways to build my energy and mm-hmm. th- that drops out or it brings up some trauma mm-hmm. and you spend the next week processing trauma and on the other side of that great you did the healing but you can't hang on to the change Mm. so there's all kinds of you know interesting ways that this shows up that you never really know and i'll say this too you know we have all these maps and models and it sometimes creates a lot of pressure for people Mm. of how to do it right Mm. and most people are doing the best they can and it's really enough you know like yes do we need change work yes you know work coaches do you want us you want to hire us? Yes, you do, of course. <laughs> and, you know, like, it, it's important to recognize that you're working hard and that's good. Yeah. And you don't have to keep this constant strain on yourself to do it the right way. Mm. Yeah, that's... I remember the moment when I had that relief. Mm. I do. Uh, and it was actually something a not said to me. Mm. And it, it was something along the lines of, you know, you know everything's going to be okay. Like, <laughs> you're you're doing it at your pace, basically mm. some version of that. And it was the first moment where I just took this like deep exhale mm. because I, what I did initially in my journey was that I took all of that like intense drive mm. that I was taking into school, sports, competitive business, mm. like, and I just applied it to my emotional, spiritual growth. Yeah. And, um, it was, it was exhausting and there was rarely any of that like stopping to celebrate and enjoy like the how far that has been come. It's just like more stress of like, gotta keep growing. All right, what's next? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that for men especially and yeah, m- most people in the modern age to some degree, there is a, uh, a kind of a, a bias towards constant achievement. And it's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not built that way. It's not how it's no. supposed to be. But we've never 
been told that it's okay to slow down. Mm -hmm. So it's so important. How do you personally navigate that? How do you titrate between the slowing down and the speeding up? Um, a number of ways. Uh, in what domain? Like we could talk about health. We could talk about Great personal development, good, you know, business. Or which one is most present to you right now? I mean, the one that popped up into my mind is business. Yeah. So, it, and it's a big one because there's a lot of pressure pressure to constantly be growing. You know, that's kind of the nature of the market and how personal development and business, you know, kind of the culture paints that process. But, and this is going to sound probably boring, but really good planning. Mm. You know, I, I feel like quarterly planning and really looking at what is achievable, what would move the needle and mm -hmm. committing to that. Because most people just end up pushing, 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 mm -hmm. pushing, you know, got to try something new, got to mm -hmm. do something new, got to make it happen. And then they never actually get into the rhythm of, mm -hmm. you know, like what the change can be and how that works. Yeah. That's one thing that I've uh, really appreciate about working with you is you've, you've almost like brought me back to that. Mm. And I was, I was taking on a lot of old patterns from, from past version of mm. self and just in a different suit yep. in, in a different context. And, um, yeah, that's been really helpful is, is like that really like structured intentional planning process and the benchmarks and, and, uh, celebrating the achievements and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's something for me that, um, it creeps back in. It's like, it's like new ego identity, but like still same patterns swing back around and like sure. show up and with a different name and a face and a, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, uh, the ego version happening there? of how do you like me now? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah Can I you talk about that? Like yeah. how that, how that happens, why that happens, what we do about it? Totally. Yeah. It, and it's one of the things that people get so frustrated with. Mm -hmm. It's like just when you think things are good, the same old pattern shows up again and you're like, I literally spent six months healing this. Mm -hmm. Like, why is this here again? Mm -hmm. And it happens because when you grow, you uncover more of who you are. Mm. So yes, you healed all the kind of aspects that you could see. And then there's aspects that are still hiding in the shadow and those things need to be looked at. And because we've changed, we have a new way of experiencing that same old material. Mm. So, I see the identity as something for the most part that's constantly in flux. Mm -hmm. And every time we shift into a new identity, we have new perspectives, new awarenesses, new sets of feelings, new sets of kind of how we apprehend our life in the world. Every time that happens, we're going to look at that trauma, that old pattern, whatever it is in a new way. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see a different part of it. Mm -hmm. So I get really skeptical when people say, Oh yeah, I healed that. Like, okay. I'm going to mm -hmm. check in with you in a couple months and yeah. just kind of see, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Healed that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> period. <laughs> right. Some sort of finalized state. I know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, all right. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <that laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things I, I love uh, observing you and working with others is is like the complete non-attachment <laughs> to like their story that like, well, maybe okay <laughs> prove me wrong I'd Pro love yeah to that. <laughs> uh how much how much are you and i'm like half joking how much are you holding back when you just want to say like <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I guess there's a part of me that definitely is the skeptic and there's the part of me that uh wants to just show people how they're wrong and that's my own <laughs> shit right yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. my own shadow uh -huh. the the one of the aspects of my shadow i call the smartest guy in the room yeah like mm -hmm. he's he's dangerous and he's kind <laughs> of a jerk um, <laughs> but what i've realized is that if i can simultaneously hold this wisdom that's cultivated mm -hmm. over you know helping lots of people and a complete non-attachment to it being right or wrong that feels really trustable for people, mm -hmm. you know, like they can authentically have their own experience and it can be subjectively accurate, even if it's not objectively accurate, yeah. you know? So, uh, yes, sometimes I do the snarky thing and tell people, you know, <laughs> the thing that they don't want to hear. And sometimes we just be in the exploration mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter. And that's even more powerful a lot of the times, because if I was right, 
for you know whatever value that has and it shows up for them two weeks later they're like oh shit this is that thing we talked about Mm -hmm. now i i i wasn't i'm not going to push it away because i was triggered by the conversation with matt like i really just have the resources to look at it Mm. Mm. love that Mm. what is um what's something in your your own life that you're like revisiting right now what's a Mm. new thing that you've uncovered in your um visibility especially in the the entrepreneurial domain it's something Mm -hmm. that i've danced with a lot you know Mm -hmm. my nature my tendency is to be a massive introvert Mm -hmm. to be kind of a hermit and a mystic and Mm -hmm. to you know (laughs) cultivate powerful experiences for people but it's very much in person very much you know kind of small scale um and there's been a a knock on my metaphysical door for even more um uh service in a way that hasn't shown up for me yet not because it was the wrong thing but just because it wasn't the right time Mm -hmm. um so that visibility for someone who's so introverted is still an edge and Mm -hmm. I danced with it for two decades, you know, in this entrepreneurial journey. And so the, the new edge for me is, uh, showing up at 42 in a world that is really radically polarized on what it means to be powerful Mm. and simultaneously so hungry for it and really rejecting it. So a lot of the conversation that has been kind of springing up around service to the world and being a masculine man mm-hmm. is triggering for a lot of people. And I'm starting to and will be talking about it really loudly. Yeah. And so it gives a, a unique opportunity for feeling some of those new edges, mm. which is fun and exciting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, what What does it mean to be a masculine man in 2021? Uh I, I think that if I was to answer that in one way, I would really paint myself into a corner. Yeah. So I, I think he, the, the thing that I really want to be clear with people about is that masculinity looks a lot of different ways. And there's so much conversation about what a toxic man is, what mm. a conscious man is, was an awake man. And it's all mostly horseshit. You know, yeah. there's some good stuff in there. But we need to recognize that we're all at different developmental levels. We're all at a different stage of the journey. Mm-hmm. And we are all typologically different. The way we're put together, the way the universe has kind of constructed us is different. Mm-hmm. So masculinity is going to look different for all those ways. What we really need is great ways to examine what it means for us, mm. safe and powerful containers for calling us forward uh, and bringing the emotion and the mind and the vigor and the intensity into our lives in a way that really is right and true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's the thing that's missing more than anything else. You know, there's a lot of people who are just kind of beating people into submission and their masculinity, yeah. and, you know, kicking their ass and that's useful. And there's a lot of people who are just doing the deep sensitivity work. Mm-hmm. That's really useful. Mm-hmm. And then what's the right synthesis that comes as the evolution of those things that really is going to unlock you and unleash you and make you a force into the world for, more good, more truth, and more beauty. Like yeah. that's the jam. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I've I've definitely in in that uh, question as well mm-hmm. in that contemplation, and and I rejected a lot of those parts that you just described mm-hmm. for the early part of my journey for sure. Um, and I think the work that we've done together has helped in calling that forward again. Mm. Awesome, yeah, bringing that back out. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things that I I love about doing work around masculinity is i mean i'm kind of a unique interesting character we've talked about this the last couple of days <laughs> yeah. i wear all black all the time yeah right yeah you know and and i'm fairly quiet and i do mm-hmm. have all that mystical kind mm-hmm. of access and and nature of who i am and i also both want to love my clients deeply And tell them to wake the fuck up and grow the fuck up. And, you know, that there's no time for not being the person you need to be. And having that balance of the intensity, and so much intensity, and there being a need for intensity and a call for that in this present moment in in our culture, in our society, and having the capacity and the bandwidth to actually hold that intensity, I think is really the, the interesting point that I would love to see more men moving towards. Yeah. Are there any, um, so 
in, in my view, there's plenty of examples of, um, uh, call it unhealthy power mm-hmm. uh, expression. Uh, are there any like models, examples, like humans that you think do it really well? Mm. Mm. Well, I haven't really thought about that, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah. So what I will say um, is that as I've watched how you and Anat play with your clients, I've really appreciated how you've shown up in a masculine space for them. Mm-hmm. So much care, compassion, consideration, and spaciousness without being shaken, without being stirred by a big process and really just having the capability to let someone have the full unwinding of whatever is happening for them in the moment and just being the masculine pillar of, it's cool, mm-hmm. here we are, this is happening. Yeah. So I appreciate you in this moment and in many moments for being a voice for that. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, man. I receive that. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Um, what is one question or idea thought that is bouncing around inside of your Mm. contemplative mind process? (laughs) Well, there's, there's a lot. Um, yeah, I, I think that the, there's a big chunk right now that's getting kind of tied up in, um, what does the next level of leadership for the collective look like? Mm. And how do we do a mix of individual sovereignty and focus on collective value? Um, and how do we really empower people to be amazing leaders in a way that still is successful in a marketplace that isn't really you know, designed mm-hmm. for leaders that are conscious and awake and caring? Mm. Um, but also uh, allows for a really uh, safe and human ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the more I work with clients in an entrepreneurial space, the more I'm also looking at, um, you know, larger corporations and people who are playing, you know, uh, other types of roles and really how do we template and model everything that's happening in this conversation into those larger venues? Because the way that most of history has evolved is actually just by those you know, we don't evolve until those people die. Mm, yeah. You know, like change <laughs> happens at the rate of generations. Uh, yeah. And that's not really an option for us. Yeah. You know, we that's can't do too that. too slow right now. It's absolutely too slow. So, yeah, there's been a lot in my mind space of like, how do we take mm. this culture, this mm. value set and this awareness and get it into people who are in different types of power that really have the capability to move that needle? Do you, do you believe that in general humans have that capacity in one lifetime to develop that much? Yeah, and, and without going into the, the woo side of the conversation too, too much, you know, there's also the karmic conversation, you know. Does any one individual have the cap- capability for massive change? Yes. Mm-hmm. And how much drag do they have in their system because of the karma that they're chewing on? You know, I really feel like if people are avoidant and, and again, why I love your guys work so much, if they're avoidant of just being present with what actually is, that stops the wheels of everything. No growth can happen, right? You know, like the, yeah. the world's going to beat you over the head with something that it wants you to see and you're just going to fight it mm-hmm. and it's going to make you miserable. So if we really have the capacity to do the change and we're willing to chew on all the stuff that's in there, there's massive amounts of change that's capable for any one human. And it really is the choice of being a change master and an evolution master in your own life that people have to make individually. Mm. At what point did you make that choice? That's a good question. Um, I think think in my 20s, I was doing some reading around personal development and some conversation around values. And... um, I I whittled everything in my in my forward direction of life, you know, everything that was going to focus down to two primary values. For me, those values are truth and self-mastery. So when everything in my life reoriented in that direction, 
it became really clear that the evolution like it had to be happening all the time like mm-hmm. it just had to be kind of like the natural process that was occurring in the background so that reorientation i mean shifted a lot for me um and from there i just chose to just stay with the process and not go to sleep and i mean i've also been studying zen buddhism since well almost 22 years now um and meditation practice for uh, most of that time mm-hmm. so that adds a whole nother dimension as well yeah what 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 does that bring like what does that provide you in your life that that study and that practice um so so much you know i always say if if you can only do one thing meditate Mm -hmm. like i don't see anything you know i i have lots of things that i offer people you know Mm -hmm. that i think are really valuable if everyone was meditating an hour a day awesome go do Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. um so that's the biggest thing but I, in terms of gifts that it's brought me, I would say that the the thing that I've noticed or that feels most alive right now is that the brain tends to always be in one of two modes. It always tends to be in transmit, which is putting stuff out into the world, or receive, which is processing and receiving data and information. But those are always active processes. Mm-hmm. If the brain is always active, then it's always in a bias. It's always in a filter. It's always in a way of perceiving. And when we use meditation to come to a place of neutrality where there's just perceiving without mental processing, we're getting a much cleaner cut of Mm. what is actually happening in our life. Mm. So cultivating a skill set where I could just be in the actual apprehending of what was happening in my life Mm -hmm without telling a story about it, without being in a reaction about it, without the body, you know, sending off all the alarm bells has done a ton for me mm-hmm. in being able to make change more rapidly and also um, not just going down into weird rabbit holes of triggers that didn't need to happen. Yeah. Mm. How much How much of your waking day do you find yourself, uh, are you able to stay in that, that state of mm. neutrality? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different depending on what I'm doing. I, I would say for the most part, it's always in the background somewhere. Mm. Um, depending on what I'm doing, all of my conscious awareness is not there. But there's also kind of a an energy correlate to that that i've cultivated as well so like how i experience my energy in my body Mm -hmm. and the way that i would best describe that is keeping my energy really open and wide Mm -hmm. so as long as the energy around my body can be really open and wide there's always the nervous system stays pretty calm there's not a lot of uh, tendency to overexcitement or overwhelm or you know, I tend to be a more depressive, anxious type than an overexcited type. Mm-hmm. So that's the one that I have to watch. So as long as that process isn't taking over, it's pretty calm most of the time. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, what I've found is the more I'm in service, the more on board that is. So when I'm coaching, when I'm healing, when I'm doing any kind of that stuff, the awareness and the the clutter in my own mind, it just drops out. It's mm. not there anymore, which is really sweet. Yeah. Um, when, and one of the great gifts of, of being able to show up for others is just that gift of receiving that for myself. Mm. Yeah. I experience very similar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything falls away. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. Um, and you said, uh, you, you said, that if you're doing nothing else than meditate, why do most people have so much resistance to that practice? Myself included. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Why? I, 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 I struggle through the first few minutes of meditation every time, every time, every time. Um, I've struggled to get into the first few (laughs) minutes of meditation, (laughs) schedule it, alarm, like do the thing. And I'm like, okay, this, this has got to get done. This yep. has got to get moved. <laughs> the pillow's got to get moved to this. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's like all the reasons. I, I, I think that the one reason why we avoid it and then one reason why it's hard when it's happening. So the reason we avoid it is we don't see it as a something. Mm. Right? So mm-hmm. all these demands when we're playing whack-a-mole is a something that has to happen. Mm-hmm. 
and we don't see the meditation as a something it's a it's an absence of something mm -hmm. and the mind that tends to attach to things mm -hmm. doesn't value that as highly as taking care of the thing mm. so i know that's a little abstract um <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it, it seems as though if we can see what it does long term versus it being a practice that like we have to effort through, that's super helpful. Mm. And then I think the resistance in the meditation is partially what I was speaking to before. The brain is active, 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 active. It's really used to being active. There's all this biochemistry, these neurotransmitters that are supporting its activity and then we stop the boat, right? We, we do our, we effort to, or we intend to uh, just go into a space of recognizing the breath mm -hmm. or just coming into awareness of what's actually happening in the moment. And the mind is like just kicking, mm -hmm. trying to get back into activity. And that, that can be both physically, there's a physical kind of like uh, agitation that can happen with that in addition to the mind saying, what are you doing? We need to think about dinner. We need to, mm -hmm. you know, like telling all its stories <laughs> that, that it can be challenging. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, you, uh, you shared a little bit ago talking about how the something around that, like the industry not designed for like conscious, open heart centered, something like that. Um, are you talking about the industry that like you and I are in in personal development healing space or, or just in general in this world? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say for sure the, the business and entrepreneurial space, there's a, a, a slice of people who tend to be open-minded uh, op open and open-hearted. Mm -hmm. For the most part, people want to override mm -hmm. what's happening in their body and what's happening in their heart. Mm -hmm. They just want to focus on the mind. Yeah. Because they can steer the mind towards the outcome. You, if you're really doing the work, you can't steer the heart and the body. Yeah. So much. I mean, you really have to work with it. Yeah. So I think there's there's that whole slice of things. And then the other part that we mentioned was just the cognitive dominant cultural mm -hmm. model that we operate from. Mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, in terms of the mind, we are a rational dominant culture. Mm -hmm. So getting to a place beyond pure rationality uh, and helping people get a post-rational view where they are really incorporating these other sensation sets and these mm -hmm. data sets that are happening from the body, from the emotions, from the soul, from the spiritual awareness is also really, really huge. Um, and our culture doesn't really know how to support that. You know, the yeah. only system we really have for operating with that data is religion, which is not rational. It's pre-rational, yeah. you know, for the most part. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's a, r a really big bottleneck right now is how do we bring a, an intelligent spiritual conversation into mm -hmm. the center of the marketplace and really let that be an oscillator that, that helps people transform and change and is more widely, widely accepted. And this brings me back to, uh, something we just talked about, about the, the individuals changing within this lifetime. Mm -hmm. Do you see this happening, this evolution happening by way of these systems changing towards more of what, what you just talked about? Or, or is it going to be just a, a divergent situation mm. to where new will be arising that is different than the old? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the question is, is everyone going to change together? Yeah. Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. So historically, the way it's always been is there's a new subset of the population that starts to demonstrate this new way of being. And eventually the kind of the center, the mean of the population moves in mm -hmm. that direction. Mm -hmm. But there's always a segment of the of the old way of being that exists. Mm -hmm. So we end up having uh, an interval. We talk about it as a ladder, right? So there's all these rungs on the ladder that uh, are different levels of consciousness, different ways of experiencing reality. And it's actually really healthy for all of those to exist. So it's not my desire or design for everyone in the world to change. I don't think that that would be good for society. I think that the people who are at the leading edge really need to change quickly enough to have enough impact and influence on the systems to make the changes that we need to make so that climate change can happen so that technology becomes really safe so that yeah. you know healthcare and social systems really work the way that they're supposed to um, 
I think that's the solution, which is better because we can mobilize a percentage of the population much more easily than waiting for everyone to change. Mm-hmm. Do you think all of those changes happen within the current context of like capitalistic, materialistic society? Or do you think there's a, a new evolution of the way we society together? Mm, yeah. So like our, our economic model, our governance yeah. model, it's a good question. Um, I've been in the, the examination of that a lot over the past year. And I'm sure a lot of people, too, you yeah. know, listeners have, you know, as we've been looking at what the heck is our government even doing? Like, what is the, you know, there's so much yeah. mess there. Um, do I love democracy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is the United States a democracy? Eh, maybe. I mean, on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much control from uh, money interests and lobbyists and, you know, like special interests. All these things are are really massively diluting what a true democracy is. Our people are not represented wholly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not... Uh, a one vote per one level of impact, you know, mm-hmm. for each citizen. So all that being said, um, I think that there, I- if we had a true democracy, that would be amazing. And we really can strive for that. And I think that there's opportunities coming that really could facilitate a way of doing that. That would be really powerful. And one of them that I'm interested in seeing how it will emerge into government is blockchain. So mm-hmm. if you had every action that a senator was doing tracked on the blockchain, mm-hmm. every decision that they made, every way of looking at kind of how they were acting and participating, you could start to aggregate data and have true kind of uh, uh, tracking that was non-corruptible mm-hmm. in a massive way that would give us way more transparency on who they are, what they stand for, and not just you know how good of a speech can they give. Right. Because so much of the speech giving is just manipulation. Yeah. So, you know, there's things coming that I think would be really cool. Um, and ultimately a, a government that is built on a meritocracy is what I would love to see, mm-hmm. you know, in a meritocracy for those not familiar with that word is basically a system that is designed to be run by those who are most capable. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, the government was in its original form was meant to be. We never got there. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to who can be elected because either deepest pockets, most charismatic or whatever, not necessarily actually the most capable to lead. Mm. So the difference between getting elected and actually leading are two radically Mm. different things. Different skill sets. Totally different skill sets. Um, So I'm really hoping that there are some modifications coming and Mm. ways of experiencing governance that um, will help to move towards a a true meritocracy. I think that would be really our next good step. And then in, in terms of financial systems and models, capitalism in its current form is obviously broken. You know, it's so co-opted by um, the the kind of cultural elite and the financial elite that there's not really any opportunity for fair play in the, in the market at all. Um, and I think that one of the steps that we can do in moving towards that is uh, kind of moving things again with a uh, AI type intervention into a more digital space, and I think there's a lot of technologies happening there that will allow for more true tracking and governance of what's mm. happening in those financial spaces, mm. because overconsumption is huge. Yeah. You know, we're killing the economy because of our need and our greed. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can move some of those into digital spaces and online spaces and virtual spaces, we have the access of experiencing all of the kind of excess and <laughs> uh, you know the the hedonistic pleasures that we want to have and if they were all digital it wouldn't cost the environment nearly as much mm. so some interesting kind of you know futurism perspectives there yeah i love it yeah i love it these are that supported my contemplations so <laughs> yeah excellent yeah especially the 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 part about like the the blockchains with mm-hmm. actual like human decision making and tracking mm-hmm. outcomes and and that's that's powerful um are we going to be alive to see I don't even know yeah is this a I guess this is the other thing that I contemplate is this a like next year thing like Um, this is going to happen or is this like we're just a part of this 
ongoing evolution of humanity and everyone likes to <laughs> the reason i ask that is everyone likes to think they're in like the greatest time in history where totally. the most change and impact happens and yeah. it's the most exciting and i yeah i, mean, I love maybe. that yeah <laughs> i love that perspective yeah i totally agree there tends to be a, a a narcissistic perspective on where we um are in our own human history and that we are part of the most important thing yeah. i totally think that's true and if we look at the objective data right now, there is literally more changing than there has ever mm-hmm. been changing in mm-hmm. history. So whether it's the best time to be alive, most important, the worst time to be like, that's up to your own subjective yeah. experience <laughs> and <laughs> kind of what your decision around that is. And I think it's a really, I think it's an important time to be alive. Yeah. You know, I think that there's decisions being made now that are going to affect huge parts of what is to come for generations and generations. Um, and there's a lot of decisions that has to be made really quickly. So yeah, I, I really see, I, I don't see humans as a species going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be around for a long time. I think that we're going to have to pay dividends for some of the choices that we've made, especially environmentally. Um, and I think that that's going to be a longer arc than we're currently seeing. Um, and again, I could get into all kinds of futurism perspectives on AI and you know cleaning up the environment. We don't think we need to do that, but I, I think our future is safe mm-hmm. in, in the fact that we're going to exist. And I think that there's going to be some some hell to pay, as Dad would say. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be grounded for yeah. the next month. Yeah, <laughs> love it, love it. Um. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we definitely chose to, to come back here for a reason, for a really important role. For sure. So, yeah, I want to I wanna thank you for uh, choosing to come during this time mm. and, and doing, doing what you do. Um, one of the, uh, like, one of the most uh, challenging parts about um, as the, the, the breadth and the depth increases of, of what I do and w- what I witnessed you doing, it becomes more and more challenging to explain like the, what, what we're doing in the yeah. world. And, um, I just, I, in my personal experience with you, I'm, I'm just really grateful for the, what it is that you do, mm-hmm. even, even though I don't fully understand it, <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm half joking there, but, um, also, uh, there's a level of um, wisdom that I think it's that gets passed through you. Mm. That um, yeah, is, there's a reason why there's there's so many people that like I started this show with speak so highly of you. Mm. Thank that you. Mission. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it, it's uh, we were talking about this I think the other day. You know, like it's always my prayer that may I be expressed through, may I be efforted through, may mm-hmm. I be uh, an aperture for that which most needs to be experienced and expressed in this moment. Mm. And uh, part of the gift of the meditation is that Matt as the small self does drop away sometimes. And mm. there is magic moments where things move through that I could have never said on my own. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a, a, a getting out of the way that occurs and I, I I'm grateful for that. I don't claim ownership of that mm-hmm. and thank God it happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, how much of, uh, how much of, uh, Matt as the, uh, what'd you call it? The small self, mm-hmm. small self, Matt. Um, how much of small self Matt acu- uh, like occupies your 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 mind, time, energy? Mm. I I mean he he hangs out. <laughs> he's like he's around <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but what I w- would say is that most of the time he's not the only voice anymore. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. at the same time that small self is speaking, there's also the observer that's saying. Oh, this is interesting how this is playing out this time. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's a really interesting story. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you, you're really in it. Like, how's that going <laughs> yeah. for you? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so yeah. And, and in some ways that makes it better and worse. Like, yeah. it's better that you get the perspective and it's worse because the small self really wants to thrash. Yeah. And, like, tell you how bad it is. So, so yeah, it's there. 
and you know there's other things happening too yeah love it i was thrashing about a week ago (laughs) (laughs) all of these questions have been from my own personal (laughs) self-interest excellent (laughs) yeah oh love it well, thank you, Dr. Matt, um, for all that you do, for being on the show today, for, for having this conversation. Um, I look forward to every opportunity I, I get to pick your brain and uh, listen to you. So thank you. So grateful to be here. So grateful for the listening ears and uh, mm-hmm. so grateful for you and the work that you guys are doing in the world. Thanks for being on the team and in the fight and mm-hmm. you know leading the charge. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, where can people find you? Where can they find out more about you? Yeah, thanks. Um, drmattk.com is probably the easiest website. Uh, drmattk.com. I'm also fairly active on the Facebook. If anyone out there is familiar with uh, the Facebook, <laughs> you can find me there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, send me a friend request or whatever, and we'll do some rabble rousing on the internets. <laughs> <laughs> love it oh it's it's a new thing it's a new thing that's going around right now yeah so college campuses (laughs) worldwide yeah oh man i remember when facebook came out oh yeah Yeah. i was super avoiding for it for a long time yeah oh yeah oh yeah Mm -hmm. um awesome well um the last the last question i've been asking um all, all my guests on the show and is really the really the intention and the purpose of, of me even doing the show in the mm-hmm. first place is to be the most uh, vulnerable podcast on the mm-hmm. internet to really mm-hmm. speak truth. And um, so my question is, what does vulnerability mean to Matt? Mm. To me, it is having the capability to stay open when shit's going down. How do I be in the power and the presence of what is happening in this thing that feels intense right now? And how do I stay in my value of speaking truth, being caring and loving, even though every part of me just wants to turn in the other way, click on the Netflix, Mm -hmm. cook up a big old bag of popcorn (laughs) and, and just hide out. And you know, I mean, that is without that the change doesn't happen mm-hmm. you can you can do the avoidance dance and you can get through you can survive a situation but you won't grow from it if you don't do the vulnerable thing so for all of our listeners it's it's critical and non-negotiable so get into it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thank you so much matt um i appreciate it and um yeah if you guys love this conversation, please subscribe, leave us a review. Mm-hmm. The podcast gods love it when you do that. <laughs> Share this episode with uh, with someone you think maybe enjoy it, find it useful. And as always, thank you all for listening. Uh, I'm so grateful to bring these interviews and conversations. Uh, I enjoy every single moment of them, and I hope you do too. Thank you all. Thanks. <laughs>